0: Welcome to the Well Being Podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with optimization coach and Kundalini yoga teacher. She helps her clients live the happiest, healthiest and most successful versions of themselves. She holds a JD from Duke University School of Law and worked in high stakes corporate litigation at one of the largest law firms in the Southeast. She combines the dedication and commitment that it took to become a successful attorney, real life training and what it takes to succeed at high levels, and extensive research, experience and training in how to optimize our lives. She is also a KRI certified instructor of Kundalini Yoga, Reiki Master, Certified Theta Healing Practitioner, and Certified Soul Realignment Practitioner. And today we'll be chatting about Kundalini Yoga, a very well welcome to the podcast, Kara Bitar. How are you today, Cara?
1: I'm wonderful, David. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh,
0: no, my pleasure. So tell me this, before we get started, where are you right now on Planet Earth?
1: So I am in North Carolina.
0: But where is North Carolina for for idiots like myself who doesn't know <laughs> much about the Amer- United States of America? Yeah, so, so it's north, it's, south, east, west.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's southern. It's like southeastern.
0: Southeastern. I have family yeah. in South Carolina. So yeah. if they're listening to this, so where, where are you? This probably sounds really stupid, but is, are you north of them? Are you west of yeah. them? Are you east mm-hmm. of them?
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're north of South Carolina. I absolutely love going to Charleston, South Carolina, um, and Kiowa, which is about like five
0: hours from All right, okay. So is, yeah. is, what's the weather like right now, just to make everybody jealous? Are you in yeah. the, do the, the Fahrenheit, <laughs> if you want. So are we 70s or 80s, or is it a little bit chillier than that?
1: Yeah so we're in the 80s it is sunny it is beautiful i feel like i have like a new sense of life because it's warm out which i just love so much so yeah and it's gonna get into the 90s um oh, the next oh, couple oh. days so yeah
0: very jealous in ireland at the moment we're still uh what was it at the moment i think it's celsius about 14 degrees celsius so we're, we're nowhere oh. near as, as hot as you guys so i'm not yeah, gonna bore, bore you anymore, Cara. So I've given a little bit of introduction about your background. So can you tell listeners not more about yourself? Tell us everything. How do you tell you everything?
1: Tell us everything. (laughs) So, um, So yeah, I am so what I'm currently doing is I am an optimization coach. I've created my own programs and I also teach Kundalini Yoga. And so this is a very vast departure from What I was doing previously, and quite frankly, what I had planned my whole life to do, what I had planned since I was in fifth grade to do, which was to be an attorney. And so um, prior to doing this, I was in high stakes corporate litigation. I was working at one of the largest law firms in the Southeast and i had gone to one of the top law schools in the nation and so this was like this was that was what i was doing so quite different from what i'm doing now
0: and what about the law firm can you name drop it
1: um i probably won't okay <laughs> um it's a it's a big firm it's it's quite well known um and i left with such a good um i mean i left I mean, I really love and respect the firm and all of the people in it. It was incredibly difficult for me to leave. And, yeah.
0: What about the university then, Cara? Can we we name drop the university?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Duke University School of Law.
0: Oh, very posh. Very posh. Okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I went there um, and I really, I had planned really since i was in 5th grade when i was in 5th grade i was like i made the decision i was going to be a lawyer and i was walking around with like harvard law sweatshirts on and i i really i i worked really hard to that end like i graduated high school with highest honors i graduated college summa cum laude i published in a law journal as an undergrad and then i went on to duke i went there on a scholarship and i published while i was there um and then I was recruited by this firm and I did take a job with them. And so, and so, yeah, this really was this like lifelong goal of mine to do this.
0: So can I ask you then, so with regards to, you mentioned your scholarship for Duke, so that listeners mm-hmm. that don't fully understand uh, the process of a scholarship. So is it like an um, an athletics scholarship, like an academic scholarship? How, how does that work to try and blend in the career part of the podcast today? Um, and yeah. how how would that work i mean and what does it cost generally to train as an attorney or a lawyer in the states
1: yeah so it's really really expensive um especially if you go to a, a top school and so um the the scholarship that i got was a purely it was an academic scholarship and so what it did was it paid for most of my law school which is a big deal in the united states because it is so expensive and in fact Many, um, you know, lawyers, they do feel s- in some instances kind of stuck in the profession because they have to pay off all of the, all of the schooling that they've had. So, so yeah, and, um, and I, I really got the scholarship because my, my, because of basically my academic background was so strong um, that, that, you know, it, Duke wasn't the only school that I was looking at, and they weren't the only school that wanted me to go there. So, but it shows really my like dedication to to doing this. Like I was really dedicated to it to the point that I really did. By the time I got to law school, it was like law schools wanted me to go to their school because my my grades and my LSAT score and my background were um, something that they wanted at their school.
0: So I'm am gonna push you under pressure now, I am Karen. So SAT score. <laughs> What did you get? Can you say it?
1: Oh, my LSAT score.
0: Yeah, just you throw know, it out I, there. Whatever you got.
1: I'm gonna be real with you. I don't remember okay. what it was actually. Um, it was just really good. <laughs> it was okay. like on the, it was like in the top, you know, whatever the the top, you know, kind of more the top percentile of what you can get on um on that exam. Yeah.
0: Um, is it like the TV show Suits, working within <laughs> the industry? Is it so... that type of like kind of like, you know exciting vibe? I mean, there's a, obviously there's a very um, Hollywood type of uh, process going on between two Hollywood actors at the moment. I'm not going to mention who they are because I think most mm-hmm. people know who they are. But mm-hmm. it seems very. Is it like that on a daily basis that you're you're you know, yes, your honor, no, your honor, overruled, <laughs> hearsay, objection. Is it like that?
1: So. Um, I, I have not watched Suits, but I did watch a number of legal shows uh, before I entered the profession, and I will tell you they are very inaccurate as to what it is actually like. Um, <laughs> I mean, just really not, that is just not portraying what it's like to be an attorney. I mean, I was doing this really high-level, significant work, and a lot of work that attorneys do, we really are in our offices, like researching, reading, and writing. That's a lot of what, even as a litigator, because, um, yes, I had some cases that, that where we did end up in a courtroom, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't common. Most cases, like you really try to settle you try to settle the case. Um, I did a lot of pro bono work for victims of domestic violence, and that was almost always in the courtroom. So that did look more like maybe like what you would see on TV. But it's never quite as (laughs) it's never quite as it's not as like, I don't know, it doesn't it's like I guess you could say in court it bears like some similarities but it's very slow moving because it's very like you've got all the procedure in place like these attorneys on on like tv they're just like going up and like saying things and like doing all this stuff it's like you can't do any of that because there are procedures in place that you have to follow so yeah it doesn't look as glamorous (laughs) um yeah
0: it's it's not like you know you know you can't handle the truth type of stuff (laughs)
1: It's I, not. It's you know. really not. I mean, I did have one trial that was like, more kind of, it, you know, heading that direction, because um, it was just a colorful group of attorneys, quite frankly, which is what happened. Right. Um. But yeah, I would say that wasn't the, that wasn't the norm.
0: So yeah. you've never, you've never wanted to go like, you know, do you want answers? And then the other person goes, <laughs> I want answers. And you go, I want answers. <laughs> do you want to truth? You never want to do that at all. It's, it's, yes. Even in a moment, you've never had that feeling, no.
1: It's it's it didn't happen no. to to me. I mean, I've definitely had bombshells dropped when I've you know <laughs> been in court, but you know it's almost like I know that it's I know what's happening more than kind of like you know what I mean. It's just right. yeah, not quite the same as what you see on TV. Don't decide to become a lawyer because of what you see on TV. That's what I would offer.
0: Yes, yeah, so, always. Uh, no, no comment on that. We'll move on. So, Jenny, what about then, Karen? Um, so you mentioned fifth grade, right? Mm-hmm. And what is fifth? fifth grade to say a European person, so to speak, or somebody in Asia or, or, or Africa. So what, what is, what age were you when you had a motivation to become an attorney or a lawyer? And, uh, yeah, so generally what, what, what was that kind of sparkle that you had to say, did you watch something on TV? Why did you get, was anybody in, in your family a previous lawyer or attorney?
1: So interestingly enough, no. I no. did not have any attorneys in my family. I grew up in a in a very small town. Um, I don't even think I knew any attorneys growing up. Um, but I did have this, like, belief um, that there were two, like, noble professions in the world. And one was an attorney and one was a doctor. And I – so I didn't really understand this when I was – I didn't understand this until recently, quite frankly. But like it was like as a child, I thought there were two noble professions in the world. One was a lawyer, one was a doctor, even though I didn't know any lawyers. Do you know what I mean? Um, But I thought that in my mind, I thought that. And the place that I was in as a child was I, I had this deep sense of like, unworthiness like I really believed I was here to become something I had to make myself something I had to prove myself and my worth and value came from the things that I did that existed outside of me and so and so again I didn't know it at the time but underneath the surface like that was what was driving me and it was driving me pretty hard and so in this child's mind of like, okay, there's these two really noble professions in the world, I'm going to pick one of them. And um, if though, you'd have talked to me as a child, and if you would have talked to me in high school and college and law school, I'd have given you all of these great reasons as to why I wanted to be an attorney. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But in truth, those those weren't the real, those weren't what was really driving me. Those weren't the real reasons. Again, I didn't I didn't realize that until recently, but, but yeah. And it's kind of like, when you look back, it's like, you know, I didn't even really know anything about being an attorney. It was just like, and so it's kind of like the question really does come up. Like how could you possibly at fifth grade, like, know you want to be an attorney when you weren't even around attorneys. Like I didn't even know what they really did. You know what I mean? It's like, it didn't matter. It was like, I was going to, you know, prove myself, I was going to do something to make myself stop feeling the way I was feeling and I was going to prove myself. And so that's what really precipitated it for me.
0: So what age then is a fifth grader? I mean, what what, what so, age of high yeah. school or?
1: So fifth grader, it's about like 11.
0: Oh, wow. That's that's young, isn't it?
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, oh, I think word. like 10, 11 is kind of the age of a fifth grader. Yeah, I was I mean, I yeah, I was But I was, you know, you get exposed, I was exposed to, obviously I was still exposed to things, but yeah, I just really, yeah, it was, it was young. It was, and then to be so, I was so committed to it for my whole life. Like, nope, this is what I'm doing, you know? And I, I worked my life like for that. Like this was what I was going to do. And yeah.
0: So then what was the light bulb moment when you said, oh, okay, I've had enough of this this career or this industry and it's time to move on to something else?
1: Yeah, so it wasn't really a moment. It was what happened was, so I had worked my life to 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 get to this point, to be this attorney. And there was always this part of me that was like, I was just so focused on that. Do you know what I mean? It, I wasn't focused on, am I actually happy doing what I'm doing? Do I actually like law school? Am I actually interested in the law? Like none of that. It was like, this laser focus of I'm going to become this attorney and so I do all this stuff and I finally become this attorney and if you were to look at my life on paper it just looked perfect like I had this prestigious job I was making a lot of money Um, I was working I was doing this really significant legal work plus these like pro bono cases and Um, I was respected and appreciated by my colleagues, and I had this charming house in the city, and I had this beautiful wardrobe, and I, you know, got to go on, you know, these beautiful vacations, and, and so it was like, I have all of this, right? Like, I have everything that I thought I wanted. I have everything that everyone told me was going to make me happy and was going to make me fulfilled, and like, you know, all the things, and... So I get all of this and like the first year that I practiced, it was such a like, I was just trying to like get my bearings kind of like, they don't actually teach you how to be a lawyer in law school, interestingly enough, as expensive and time consuming as it is. And so it's like I get to the firm and I'm in this like the first year, I'm just like trying to just kind of keep my head above water and figure out everything I'm supposed to do. But then as time kind of went on more and more, I'm looking at my life going, okay, I have everything I thought I wanted. And as even though my life looked so good on paper, I was deeply unhappy. And it was such a confusing thing for me because I was just like, how can I have everything and be so unhappy? And so what ended up happening was it was like, I kept trying to make that job work. I kept trying to make myself be happy. I kept saying like, I have everything. I should be happy. Like I should be happy. I should feel good. And like I didn't. And it was like, no matter what I did and no matter how much success I had in that job, I was not happy. I mean, I was deeply, deeply unhappy. It was like it was like, how can this be what life is? Like this can't just be what life is. Like it was just, and so eventually I just got to the point where I was like, you know, I have to know and I wanna know, like, why do I feel this way? And like, can I feel differently?
0: Did friends, family, colleagues, I mean, you were saying you're unhappy. Did they notice you being unhappy? And did they say anything to you?
1: So my family knew. Yes. Um, colleagues, no, uh, not so much because you know, as much as I was unhappy internally, it was not something that I showed. Like I was very much like I have this job to do. I need to be a professional. All the things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: So I don't. I don't think. Um, no, I don't think people generally knew. And it was so interesting too. It's almost like we really do kind of numb out and just start to play a role. Do you know what I mean? It yes. was like, I just got used to being like, say, Oh, do you want to do this? Yes, I'd love to do that. That sounds great. Or do you know what I mean? Or just used to like acting happy all the time. But it's, it wasn't coming from any sort of true place. It was coming from this like, like numbed out place, really. You were just on
0: autopilot, wasn't it? You were yeah. just kind of continuously, as you said yourself, yeah. you kind of, you go into work, you smile, you play pretend, you do your job, you be professional, but mm-hmm. you're still not getting any fulfillment from anything that you're doing. It's
1: yes. a strange what, stated.
0: So what, what about then, so you've decided now, you decided at this point, right, this is not for me anymore. I'm moving on now to be an optimization coach and, and, and to do yoga. So, When you explained that to colleagues, friends, family, what did they, what was their reaction? Did they go, come on now, are you okay?
1: (laughs) So, so I wish that that was what happened. That is not what actually what happened. Um, so when I decided to leave that job, I had no idea what I was going to do next. I had no plan. I, I really, I had no idea. I didn't, didn't. I it wasn't like I was unhappy in that job because I was like, you know what, there's something else in life that I'm really passionate about. And if I could go do that, I would feel differently. None of that. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even have hobbies. I didn't even know I was passionate about anything. And so it was really this like I left in this very like kind of confused state of I'm I'm unhappy and it's not changing. I want to know if I can feel different. But at the same time, I have no idea how how to bring that about or what that would look like. And I have no idea what my future is going to hold or what I'm going to do next. And, um, you know, when I left that job, I did something that I don't I don't know if anybody at that firm has ever done, which is I did. I left without a plan. And, you know, when you're in a firm like that, um, if I wanted another job, they would have helped me get one. They were so well-connected. Or I could have just used my resume and just went right. out and found another job. But it was like there was this part of me that knew it's going to be different faces, different places, but like, you're going to feel the same. And so, so yeah, I left without any sort of plan. And um, my husband knew I was doing this. I didn't tell my other family family um I just it was like it was almost like something that I knew that I was going to have to do and um my colleagues response interestingly enough I mean some of them were like oh my goodness why are you you've worked so hard for this you you and you're a good attorney like why would you walk away from this why would you leave this um but overarchingly, my colleagues they were very supportive they were just like you know do what you need to do so yeah
0: and how did you how did the hubby what what, how, what was his reaction i know as a husband generally in a relationship the other party would be supportive i mean was he maybe concerned about it at the time or was he just like yeah you go ahead i mean was he from the same industry as well
1: no so it's totally different he coaches basketball oh, wow. and um yeah so it's very different it was very different um and so he was just 100% behind me and 100% supportive. And I have to say that really takes something because at the time that I decided to leave, uh, you know, the the house that... So we were kind of living in different cities because of his, his job was in a different city. But um, we had a house, you know, we had this really charming house, um, like near the city where I worked. And really, that house was being paid for with the money that I was making. Like, you know, I mean, you live in a city, it's going to be more expensive. So yes. you've got, you know, and I was working in a city, I was living in a city, and my income could easily have handled like that house. And so, um, and at the time, too, he was really looking to, like, up level his job. And so he wasn't really at the point where he was just like, oh, no problem, you know, just leave and like, we'll be fine. Like, it, it really wasn't that. And so he really, um, he really went out on a ledge with me and was just like, like, you're not happy doing this. So something has to change. And he just really stood by me.
0: That's a good hobby. Did he notice a difference? Did he notice a difference before when you were in your high profile job? I'm not saying what you have, what you're doing at the moment is high profile, but probably mm-hmm. a little bit, probably more stressful. And um, did he notice the difference between both of them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm like a different person now. Right. I really am. I feel like I've lived two lives in one life. It took me something to get to the point I'm at now for sure. It wasn't like I left my job and just jumped into this I'm totally transformed. Like I wish that <laughs> happened. It didn't happen. Um but yeah, no. I'm I mean, I'm like a different person and um our life is so different and our relationship is so different. And I can really say I have transformed every aspect of my life and my relationship with him is included in that so as much as he was so supportive of me when i left you know when you when a person doesn't really know who they are and when you know and when they're so unhappy like i was it's like you can't really give everything to you can't really have a relationship that's really what it could be you know it's yes. like i was in such a place that like whatever relationship we had from that place was really going to be a shell of the relationship that we could have if I was in a different place. And so and it's like you don't know what you don't know. It's like we had never – that's all our relationship had, you know, been. So we hadn't experienced something different. So at the time, obviously, it's not like he knew that there was something so much better for us, and it wasn't like I knew that. I didn't. I I really – I didn't know that. I thought what we had was, quite frankly, pretty good. Um, But I have to tell you – wow it really wasn't in comparison to what it is now
0: so it's true a happy wife happy life Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) the best way to put it know. okay carl we'll then move on then so okay you've left the high stress of corporate world behind you Mm -hmm. and you've moved on then to be an optimization coach so for a for a dummy like me what is an optimization coach
1: So an optimization coach, really, this is a term that I use to describe what I do. So this is a really a self-created, um, like term. And so, um, what I, what ended up happening after I left my job was I, I found myself in a very poor state of health and I actually was worse off mentally and emotionally than I thought I was. So it was like when that job went away, um, my, it was like my body just crashed and I saw really the state that it was in. And then also, too, when that job went away, it was like every shred of worth and value that I thought I had, it just went right with it. And I felt terrible about myself. So I found myself after I left my job in this really challenging, place, this place that really felt bad. And so I made the decision, I'm going to give everything I have all of my resources, all of my time, all of my energy, everything to finding answers. And so that's what I did. I researched, I read, I experimented, I worked with different healers, I trained in different modalities, I taught myself a number of different uh, modalities. I like you know, tried things on other people, I worked at like a clinic where we were giving like certain types of treatment. Um, And so I just, I really threw myself into finding like, can I heal my body? And can I feel differently about my life? And so I did that for a year and a half straight. That's all I did. And um, after a year and a half, I was in even worse health than I was after I left my job. And I felt even worse. And so um, it really was like, if I thought things were bad before, I really had no idea. It was really the darkest time of my life because it was like, okay, I have, you know, there's one thing when you're like sitting in an office and you're like, you know, I don't feel good now, but there's always this little bit of hope. Like, but if I were to try something different, then maybe I would like feel better, right?
0: Yes. So
1: now I've tried. I have a year and a half. This is all I've done. Like I have dedicated my life to this and I'm in a worse state. And so, um, and it was this, it was these, it was this time of like, oh my goodness, like this thing that I'm searching for, this... Um, life that I think I want, um, it doesn't exist. And like, this is just what life is. And it's really not great. You know, it's full of hardship and sacrifice. And we watch our bodies deteriorate. And, you know, and it just, it was a time where I considered going back to being an attorney, because it was like, well, at least, you know, at least I'm making money doing that. And at least I'm doing something that is like esteemed by society as opposed to me just like trying all this stuff that's not working. And so, but there was this like thing in me that was just like, keep going, keep trying. And so I did. And I eventually did find the answers that I was looking for and kundalini yoga was really the turning point for me. I found kundalini yoga and then that it was like I it was like that kind of catapulted me into the to the understanding of okay, I can have a different experience and here's how I can do it. And so really optimization coaching was really born out of my experiences and um what it really is is like we can live lives that are just, oh my goodness, so, so different from what I think is like the considered normal like it's considered normal that we are stressed out that we are overwhelmed that we are worried about money that we are you know we have all these thoughts of fear that we live in like um monotony um that we watch our bodies deteriorate like it's like all of these things it's like we treat them as if they're normal and they're not normal they are not who we really are. I mean, they've been normalized for sure. But they're not normal. They're not our fundamental nature. Like our fundamental nature is one of abundance. Our fundamental nature is one of creativity. Our fundamental, our fundamental nature is one of, of health, of joy, of power. And, and so really what optimization coaching is, is it's, it's something I developed that's really about helping a person to understand with clarity who they are, what their fundamental nature is. Because what I have found is that when we know and understand that and we're operating from that place, like that is where we can live a very, very different life, like a very different experience. Like that's where our joy is, um... And it's just, yeah, it's a, quite frankly, it's a radically different experience from what I had experienced before. And what I realized was all of this like suffering and strife and pain and unhappiness, the root cause of that was I didn't know who I was. I didn't understand who I was. I didn't understand my fundamental nature. I was operating from this very different place. And when we don't operate from a place of who we are, we feel bad because it's not who we are so yeah
0: that's a great no, thats a great answer uh cara i mean you've, it's it's very inspirational, especially as you've moved from one industry to this industry now you, you you can sense the passion in your voice, especially that answer okay cara so what what is then uh, Kundalini yoga is it different then from normal yoga why did it have a special name with it <laughs>
1: So, there's actually a a number of different types of yoga. Um, what I think what people are used to seeing or used to associating with yoga is a form of hatha yoga, which is like very posture, posed, focused yoga. And I did, I did that type of yoga for years. Um, so Kundalini yoga, it does look quite different from, I think, what people normally associate with yoga. So it does use postures and poses, but the postures and poses, they they vary quite a bit. And some of them look similar to what you might see and you know, what people might be used to seeing when they think of yoga, but some of them look quite different. Um, and in addition to using postures and poses, Kundalini Yoga uses Um, hand positions and eye positions because the hands are connected to the brain. We can stimulate the the um, endocrine system with eye positions. Um, It also uses a lot of different types of breath work. So there's a lot of different types of breathing that are used in kundalini yoga. Uh, It uses sound currents also. So it's using mantra. So there's chanting in kundalini yoga. Um, And it uses relaxation and meditation. So it's using all of these different things. So again, it does look quite different from I think what people are used to seeing. And what it's doing by utilizing all of these different things is it's working all parts of the body. So you know we're dynamic and complex beings, and so what Kundalini Yoga is doing is it's working the physical body, it's working and it's working critical systems of the physical body like the nervous system, the endocrine system, the circulatory system. Uh, it's also working on. A person emotionally it's helping them to release like suppressed emotions it's helping them deal with current emotions it's helping one too to control and direct the mind so it's working on the mind and it's also helping to rid a person of these like old subconscious like beliefs and thoughts and like bring those to the surface and release those and get rid of those um And then it's also working too from an energetic level. So if we're looking at the body energetically, it's working that too. So we're looking at like the chakras and the electromagnetic field. And so it really is addressing us as these dynamic and complex beings. And so when I started doing kundalini yoga, I did not know what kundalini yoga was. It was just like I turned on a class and I was just like, I'll try it. Why not? And the class seemed odd to me. I was just like, what What are we doing right now? And I didn't know anything about it. So it's just like, um, but after that class, I felt different. And so I kept taking classes and the more I took them, the better I felt. And so it was then that I went and trained in it, not because I thought I would ever teach it. I really, I didn't really, I didn't have that intention at all. I just, I was just like, what is this thing that is having this impact on me that is, you know, taking the aches and pains in my body away that's helping me feel clear-minded, that's helping me feel energized, that's helping me feel inspired. And so, and then I went and I trained in it and it was like, Like, I don't think we totally understand why Kundalini Yoga works. I actually think that we are catching up with why it is so effective. And like, there have been studies done on it. But again, I just think it's like, we're catching up to what the yogis really knew. But, you know, for me, it's like, I knew it was having this impact on me. I just didn't know why. And when I went and trained in it, it's like, it started to become clear. Oh, like, this is why it's working. This is why I'm feeling different.
0: When you mentioned their chants or chanting, I mean, what, what, I mean, is it like, have you any example of it? It's like, Hmm, is it this type of stuff or what do you do? So it,
1: yeah, it uses particular mantras. And so, um, and the mantras are basically these sound currents that come from the science of nod, which is the science of sound. So we're talking here about an ancient science and we're talking about things that were passed down, um, over you know thousands of years some of them Um, and what it is is these sound currents they carry certain vibrational frequencies and so it's like you know we live in this sea of vibration like quantum physics tells us that like we know we live in this sea of vibration and it's it's the higher vibrations, like that's what really feels good to us. It's like when we're vibrating at these higher frequencies, that's really where we feel good. And so what these mantras do is they're basically, they're vibrating at certain frequencies. And not only are they vibrating at certain frequencies, but they in that vibration, they're impacting certain things. So it's like there'll be a mantra for healing, for instance. And then there's also at the same time a mantra to help you be like victorious, to break through blocks. And so, um, but they're vibrating at these certain frequencies and they're doing these certain things. And when we utilize those mantras, and then also too, it's not like we're just, it's not like in kundalini yoga, like you can just play the mantras while you're like sleeping and they're going to benefit you. In Kundalini Yoga, that what we do is we those mantras are combined with postures and poses and breath work, and so it's like we're bringing all of these things together to create this this specific result. But those mantras really do. It's like I almost see them as like a shortcut to increasing our vibration. It's like, it's like you know I'm feeling really bad. How can I help myself get to these higher vibratory frequencies? Like that's there's a challenge in that, and it's like. It's like to me these mantras. How I see them really are is like this shortcut in a way. Like chant the mantra, listen to the mantra, do Kundalini yoga that uses the mantra, and let the mantra do the work. Let that help to increase your your frequency. And you know, as I say this, this might sound kind of odd to pe- to some people, not to everybody, but to some people it might seem kind of odd. And what I would offer is, um, try it. because um you know for me i you know i my experience with kundalini yoga again i didn't know anything about it i didn't even know what it was i had done like i said i'd done yoga for years but i did not know what kundalini yoga was but the the impact it was having on me was so palpable it's like you know we can sit and intellectualize about these things but real knowing comes from experience and like i had the experience like this this works this like this moves the dial there's effectiveness here and so you know now mantras at first they were something that I didn't even like know what it was and now these kundalini yoga mantras so kundalini yoga does use certain mantras and there are a lot of them um but now they're just like this normal part of my life so yeah
0: can anybody kind participate in yoga I mean is there any age restrictions I mean do you have to be aware of any health issues or injuries issues or kind of be a benefit for everybody?
1: So this is another thing that I really love about Kundalini Yoga, and that is it meets you where you are. So it's like wherever you're at, whatever someone's fitness level is, whatever they're dealing with, it will meet them there and it will benefit them. And what I mean by that is like, It's not like you have to go into a kundalini yoga class and be like, okay, I'm going to do every single move just as like like perfectly. And if I don't do it perfectly, I won't get a benefit. That's just not the way kundalini yoga works. And part of the reason for that is because there's so much going on in the practice, right? Like we've got postures, poses, breath work, mantra, eye positions, hand positions, like we're doing all sorts (laughs) of things. And so typically, no matter what a person's fitness level is or or what state their body is in, they can do something in kundalini yoga. And that something is going to benefit them. And I, you know, I had someone um, come to my class for months with a broken arm. Oh, wow. Still came. Every, every, I hold class two times a week. She was there both times every week because she benefited from it, even though she couldn't it's like not like she could do everything, she couldn't. Um and I have people in my class who have never taken like yoga's never been a part of their life. It's not like they're like these let me just like I can show you all the poses I can do and how flexible I am and no, none of that. Like this was for some of them their first introduction um to yoga and you know they're benefiting from it. And so it's something that I really love about it. I really believe when I say this like it's not just for everyone, it will benefit everyone. Like you will get a benefit no matter what you can do. Now at the same time, what I tell people in my class time and time again is like, you have to honor your body and listen to yourself um, and really tap into what's available to you and understand the difference between hurting yourself and challenging yourself. And you know the breathing that we do can get really intense, and so you know if somebody does have pre-existing health conditions, like I like I do recommend, like this is something you want to be really cognizant of because this breathing it is really powerful. So so yeah, um, but it 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 you know it is for everybody. At the same time, of course, you need to exer- exercise some level of. Um, prudence if you have conditions that you know of, you know what I mean? Because I mean, and the breathing too, like, you know, people get, if people start to get dizzy. It's like, it's okay, if you get dizzy, stop. Because yes. it, it really is, it's powerful. It's gonna move things in you. It's going to detoxify you. It's going to help you release suppressed emotions. Like this stuff is, it does work and it does have a level of power to it. Um, but at the same time, it's not like you have to be physically just depleting and exhausting yourself to get that benefit. That's just not the way that kundalini yoga works.
0: Well, I'm being very nosy, uh, Cara, as, as you're chatting there. I'm not being rude. I am listening to everything you're saying very attentively, um, but I'm on your website, which is karenicolebitara.com. Uh, so mm-hmm. if somebody was coming to you, so say for example, somebody like myself who's never done yoga before or uh, kundalini yoga or, or in any optimization program, how then do they start? So do they contact you via the website because I can see here you have optimization programs, you have kundalini yoga, you have optimization sessions. Are these done face-to-face? Are they done via Zoom? Can anybody worldwide get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. So these are for anybody worldwide. I do everything virtually. So my classes are live streamed and then I provide recordings after actually live stream. Um, so people can do the live stream or they can do the recordings. Um, and all of my sessions that I do, I do them virtually. So this really is, and the, you know, I do this in part too, because one of the things with crafting the work that I do and the programs that I do, Um, you know, I came from this profession and this situation where I was so busy, I felt like I did not have barely an extra minute to spare in a day. And so what I did when I constructed everything that I'm doing, I made it to be super efficient and effective. And I made it such that it could fit into anybody's lifestyle. So like for me, when I used to exercise before work, I exercised at 4am. That was the only time I had. And so that's why for me with the kundalini yoga, Yes, I live stream, but then I provide recordings so that people can do them whenever they can do them, whatever fits their schedule. And so.
0: And the sessions, already are they done like, would it be one-on-one virtually or as a group? <laughs> or it's just, it's, it's a depending on the client themselves?
1: Yeah. So the the Kundalini Yoga classes, of course, are a group, but the, the programs that I run. So I have individual one-on-one coaching in those programs, and that is done one-on-one. Um, I really believe in the value of having your own personal coach. I just think there's so much value in that of all the things I've tried. I just think having one-on-one, having someone like really get to know you and really it's like it's really where you can go deep. It's really where you can dig in. And so in my programs, so I offer like three main things. I offer the straight kundalini yoga classes. I offer what I call – optimization sessions. And these are two types of readings and sessions that I do. One's called a manifesting blueprint and one called is called a soul realignment. And then I offer my programs. And so what my programs do is they incorporate kundalini yoga and they incorporate the optimization sessions in addition to Um, personal coaching. And in addition to, I have for each program, 12 weeks of recorded information that basically sets forth the methodology for an optimized life. And so really what I did with the programs was I was like, how do we really move the dial and do it in this most efficient and this most effective way? Like how do we really get the most bang for the buck? And that's what I put together in my programs. And so while I do offer things separately, um it you know depends where a person's at and and what they're wanting so all all of the things will benefit people and the programs are just really this very like if you're really looking to have a different experience of yourself and of this life like the programs really put everything together for you to 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 do that
0: and you can have corporate clients as well So sort of like like a, a company can get in touch with you and say Cara, like we we have 100 staff or 10 staff or 20 staff could you do uh kundalini yoga once a week or twice a week you, you do th- th- that's part of your service as well it's not not just individuals or Yeah, cer-
1: certainly i've done i've done different events for people um that i've asked to to, to speak at Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. Um, I love spreading kundalini yoga to people. I really have like once I learned about it, it was just like, where has this been all my life? How didn't I know about this? And the cool thing about kundalini yoga is, I mean, there are practices that you can do for three minutes a day and you can do them while you're sitting at your desk. And so uh, it's really something that's so versatile and flexible um, and so like when people are in my programs, I do, I customize it to them. So it's like, how much time do you have? How much, you know, can you really give to this? And so, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool practice.
0: So I've mentioned already your website, uh, Karen Nicole Where else are you on social media on the planet of social media? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm
1: also on Instagram. Um, and Facebook, and LinkedIn. And those are all Kara Batar. So that's, that's the same for all of them.
0: And, and, and people can get in touch with you on, on any of those social media flat, platforms. So not just through the website, they can contact you on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool.
0: So before we go then, right, obviously we're in a, a strange place in the world at the moment, depending on where you are in the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. And you have experienced the corporate lifestyle as an attorney you know the stresses in life and you've moved now onto a a different career and you're happier now. So for somebody that's listening to this today, um, who is in a bit of a rush and are kind of stressed out or in a job they don't like, or life is just too tough at the moment, what words of encouragement would you have for them to lead a happier life?
1: Yeah. So this is a good question. And, um, I would say to them, you hold within you great knowing and you hold within you great creativity. And it's there right now. It's always been there. It, it has been there since the day you were born and it's there now and it's not going to go anywhere. And so make it... I know that like in those situations, it's like people have so much to do and there's so much on their plate. But what I would say is make it a priority to come to know and understand you. And it's like we spend all of this time getting all of this education, going to all of these schools, spending all of this money, and it's like we don't even really know ourselves. I mean, I I know that I didn't. It's like I was highly, highly educated and I didn't know and understand myself. I didn't know and understand who I was and how I functioned. I didn't know and understand what my gifts and talents were in the world. I didn't know and understand the creativity that I held. And once you do though, your life can absolutely transform. And it doesn't mean that you have to like go and leave your job like I did um, because I've already walked that path. Like I've done that. And so like the things that I offer are things that can help people right where they're at. And I know I'm not the only person too who who offers people things to help them to get to know themselves. And so, um, but I would say, you know, it's so easy to make other things your priority and it's so easy to put import on all of these other things, but it's like everything you really want, everything that's really going to move you and light you and excite you and bring you joy and abundance, it's really right within you it's just a matter of tapping into that and knowing that and understanding that and taking the time to to do so and it's it's so worth it
0: well thanks so much car there, there's some great words of uh encouragement for anybody listening especially those who may be struggling at the moment and they're in a job they don't like or life is not Panning out is what they had hoped to so uh thanks so much so i'll put in all the links to the podcast uh for cara's uh instagram facebook linkedin and her website so all this left for me to say a big thank you to uh cara badara for chatting with me today on the well-being and career world podcast thanks so much cara
1: thank you so much for having me